0: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Fascinating. For over 30 years and still, your inside look into boxing and mixed martial arts. What the hell's going on out here? Heard live around the world and brought to you by the World Boxing Organization. Yeah. And now, live from the Ring Talk Studios in San Francisco, here's the host of the longest-running fight show in history. Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! And Foreman is as poised as can be! Pedro Fernandez.
1: Here's and
2: running live from the Ring Talk Studios in the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. Yes, the man was correct. My name is Pedro Fernandez, celebrating 34 years of radio presence. I thank you for a student for stopping by. Of course, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide, in which we will feature the um, former world USC champion, I'm talking about Benson Henderson. Quite a quite a unique individual. Not just your fighter, per se. I'm talking about the, the mental side of him. He's really a deep guy. So we'll talk with Benson Henderson about 40 minutes past the hour. Of course, he has a big fight tonight on Spike TV. Of course, 9 p.m. in the east, 6 o'clock in the west. Patricky Pitbull is in the other corner. That's his name, Patricky Pitbull. Actually, that's his middle. But the bottom line is, it's going to be a good rumble at 155 pounds. This is the uh, Bellator main event on Spike TV tonight. Coming to you from the SAP Center, the Shark, Tenor, Shark the Shark Tank, the HP Pavilion. Call it what you want. I call it the San Jose Arena. And the bottom line is, it's going to rock and roll tonight, of course, on top. Benson Henderson and Patricky Pitbull in this lightweight main event. So we've got some UFC to talk about. Of course, we are just... Seven days removed from the biggest middleweight fight of the year for a long, long time. People will be talking about this fight? No. we will be talking about the scoring of the fight. And unfortunately, because I'm a member of the association, I have been sanctioned by the Association of Boxing Commissions as a boxing judge, I'm not going to outwardly criticize Adelaide Bird for that 10 to do score favoring Canelo Alvarez. The scores went like this. 10-2 for Alvarez, that was Canelo That was Alvarez, of course, and the Adelaide Bird from Las Vegas, that was her score, 118-110. One judge had a 115-113, or 7-5 in rounds for the Golovkin. The third judge had it dead even, 114-114, which means it was a split decision draw. So it was a close fight in the minds of many, but, well, 10-2 in the amount of rounds, wow. I mean, we haven't seen a score like that in a long, long time. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live, worldwide. But you can't.
3: Prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. 754 4531 That's 800-754-4531. It has been said that everyone has a book in them.
4: Superclass.
2: Often imitated but never duplicated. That is my next guest host, the great Larry Merchant, in the Hall of Famer himself. Good morning, sir.
5: Good morning, Pedro.
2: We are one week removed, of course, from Adelaide Bird's scoring. We're not talking about the fight, per se. One week later, we're talking about the 10 scoring put forth by Adelaide Bird of Las Vegas.
5: Pedro? Huh? That's crapola. Talk to okay? me. That's a sideline. It didn't matter in the final If she had it closer, it still would have been a draw. She didn't belong there, I agree. It was a a horrible card, I agree. But the important thing was two fighters fought their hearts out. The challenger roared down the stretch of of the championship rounds to make it a close, exciting fight. Making me want to see the thirteenth round. Adelaide Burry is a sidelight. Okay. Who gives a crap?
2: All right, but one week removed from that, what I was trying to make the comparison was in nineteen eighty-seven. After the Hagler Leonard fight, one week later they were screaming about Jojo Guerra. HBO had this big special about Jojo Guerra. They had um, uh, the one uh, the one dissenting judge. I can't remember is the Luis. Uh, Lou DeFlippo from your area down there in Southern California. So this was all part of some HBO special one week later, and it's sort of like one week later. To me, That's not. I'm not telling you what I'm saying. I'm telling you what people are saying to me. They're talking about Adelaide Bates scoring. They're not talking about the fight. It is a distraction.
5: Well, then that's on the people. I went to see a fight. I was hoping that it would be uh, the kind of fight that showed what price fighting is really about. And it was. And I understand that there are always sidebar stories. But to me, the story was Canelo dug deep, made a roaring finish, had the crowd standing, made us all want to see the rematch, no matter what the final score was. And being a, and seeing it was
2: a draw. Both guys have, uh, basically got nothing to lose. with coming coming to dan- coming together and dance again for a rematch.
5: Well, look, it was it, Bert. It, actually, it was a win for Golovkin. He still has all his medals and titles. He will get a rematch for, for a lot of money. What did he lose? Um, and we won. We won by showing what prize fighting can be compared to that, that circus fake fight two weeks before. Ooh,
2: good point. Of course, talking about Floyd May- Floyd Mayweather.
5: You know, uh, Adelaide Byrd, who, you know, I mean, again, um, there are three judges in a fight. Two of them got it right. One scored it even. One scored it 7-5, uh, meaning by one round for Golovkin. That's where the fight really was, in my view.
2: I agree. I thought, it, I thought was, her
5: score didn't matter in the end.
2: I remember Chuck Minker used to say to me when he was with the Nevada City Athletic Commission, he used to say to me, Pedro, it doesn't really matter what the scores are as long as the decision was right. I guess that's what you're saying as well.
5: Well, I think so. And as long as it was a good fight, that's what makes a prize fighting. That's what makes good fights. Um, and she's a distraction, and I get it. I didn't know why she was there in the first place. the 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 Nevada Commission is is one of those commissions that doesn't uh, just uh, watch the sport and its rules. It tries to promote, and as it did with the fake fight, okay, by calling it a real fight.
2: Yeah, I agree. And you know what? It was funny is that. The, the the I I always thought and I look back and I still believe that the the odds makers the bookmakers in Las Vegas were, were in cahoots because they kept these odds low When Larry you and I know that the odds of that guy beating Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match should have been about 50 you to know, 1.
5: You know, here's the you know, he, here's the here's the thing about betting. And I once wrote a book about betting and, and 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 much of it was in Las Vegas. It wasn't the bookmakers who made that line. It was the knuckle-headed fans who wanted to bet on McGregor they brought the line down hmm. i I go to a an outdoor farmers market every week here in Santa Monica on Wednesdays and I know a lot of the farmers and um, um, and entrepreneurs there and so on they all wanted to bet McGregor they all wanted to show the experts were wrong. I bet a guy twenty bucks, and he'll have to pay me out in tangerines and peaches. Okay, he hasn't been there for the two weeks since that time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what makes the odds. Even in the even in the Golovkin Canelo fight, Golovkin genuinely should have been two to one or, or eight to five favorite. But fans betting on Canelo brought the odds down to about even. So that, that's how odds are determined. It's not like the the, 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 the betting world determines the odds. They, the money determines the odds, basically. Okay,
2: let's switch gears. Well, we're talking heavyweights still. Luis Ortiz and Deontay Wilder.
5: Deontay Wilder might have finally bitten off too much, Godfather. Well, it's possible, but, but Ortiz has been doing some weird uh, 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 Bayabuchi-type stuff, uh, from what I've heard. You yeah, but, but know, you... turning down fights and not being in shape. You know, he's 36 years old. Uh, he's been frustrated by not being able to get into the ring with top opponents. I get it. But, you know, uh, um I'm happy that fight is being made. Um, um, Wilder did show he wanted to fight Pavetkin, who was then a challenger in Russia, Europe. Yeah. So good. I'm glad that uh, w- Wilder is going to uh, fight a guy who might still be a serious fighter. <laughs> and when he is or was a serious fighter, uh, nobody wanted any part of him. So. I'm looking forward to that, but uh, key, key to the fight right Ortiz here, Ortiz Godfather, those 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 right now. What
2: those Mike Tyson, those Mike Tyson Buster Mathis combination uppercuts. I mean, nobody throws better uppercuts than this guy Ortiz in the heavyweight division in a long, long. He throws them in combination. They're beautiful. I,
5: I totally agree with you on that, uh, uh, but and that's what makes him seem uh, a little bit special uh... We don't see many big men, and I don't think we've seen any of these big, uh, uh, huge heavyweights of the modern era since Riddick Bowe, who could fight on the inside. And he's a southpaw. Well, that's <laughs> another problem. But Wilder is a, you know, he's an interesting fighter. He, he, he'll box you, he'll stay away, he won't give you much of a chance, he'll use his athleticism. And then he'll jump in with his right hand and hope to make something happen. So, um, hey, it's, it's a good heavyweight fight. Uh, I want to see it. We haven't had a good one here in a long time. Um, and, uh, you know, the heavyweight division in itself is, uh, has come roaring to life.
2: Larry Merch is our guest, the retired HBO godfather, of course, the Hall of Famer himself. Speaking of heavyweights... Kubrat Pulov, who's not a, not a bad-looking fighter, 28-1 um, out of Europe. He's going to take on Anthony Joshua later this year in 19-0. I guess eventually the script looks that Joshua and Wilder, if Wilder's successful uh, against Ortiz, that they would clash in 2018. This, I think, could bring the world uh, b- back to focusing on heavyweight boxing.
5: Uh, well, you're right. And we haven't had a serious American contender in a very long time much less a champion, uh, and that will be a big deal. You know, uh, in that fight you mentioned for Joshua, I understand they sold 70,000 tickets the first day.
2: In, in three hours.
5: You know, so um, he he's a kid who is really good, who looks the part of a champion, who acts the part of a champion, He's extremely popular in Great Britain, which has had this tremendous revival of uh, boxing interest. So, you know, that's a big, uh, 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 dramatic event we're looking forward to. And if we get that fight and the rematch of, of Golovkin and Canelo next year, um, that can't be anything but good.
2: You know I credit for the resurgence of boxing in the U.K.? Frank Warren. The promoter, he, he invested a lot of money in the amateurs. He put money in amateur gyms. He put together little rinky-dick tournaments and things like that. And I think he got, he got the blood flowing again get in the amateur program. And I'd I give Frank some props on that. He really do.
5: Well, I, I, I think that the British promoters and, and, Brit, and the interest in, that's deeply embedded in the British culture. We're, we're boxing as we know it. or prize fighting started a couple hundred years ago. Um, as soon as they had some good fighters. um, There being no American foot, there being just soccer is the only major sport in Great Britain. So now that some prize fighters have emerged and and who are world-class, the fans there, they they turn out, and they make those big fights festive, fun-to-be-at occasions.
2: Hmm. Andrew, I mentioned Frank Warren, their godfather, I remember not only did Mike Tyson slap him around one time, but that other fighter shot him. I can't remember what the guy's name now. And I asked him, I asked him one time I said, did you shoot? Did you shoot Frank Warren? And he looked at me and winked at me, he said, why would I shoot Frank Warren? So I can't remember the guy. that's killing me, right? Just killing me. Anyway, I, I, <laughs> I just, you know, that's when you have these, when you get old. You have these 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 mental farts like I'm having and right now it's like it's just killing me. I'm so frustrated.
5: <laughs> well, I will take you to a fight uh, one day, Pedro, and you'll, uh, you'll seem like my uh, youngest child. All right. Anyway, I
2: want to want to wish you the very, very best, no doubt about that. Have a great, great Saturday. Of course, um, I just
5: want to take, can I just. Go for give it. You one postscript. After that fight, I thought of something the great sports writer Red Smith once wrote. If you want to find out who won a close fight, ask a nine-year-old kid. Wow.
2: Okay, that sounds great, because the nine-year-old kid is a, the innocent soul of a child. No. And what would step.
5: he see in that fight? Just think about it. Larry, I want to wish you very best.
2: The sounds of Manix as we go to the break, I want to wish the god the best, Patricia Sturridge, Stitch, of course, Patricia Merchant. Give her my best, Godfather. She's always on the mind. Thank you, Pedro. All the best. The great Godfather, Larry Merchant, on Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
4: Call now for your free face-to-face consultation. 800-813-9940. 800-813-9940. 800-813-9940 I mean, I'm tired of trouble because they play around so young today, very young. I was talking to my doctor. You know my doctor, Dr. Vinnie Boombat. You know my doctor? Yeah. Well, he told me last week in his office he got six cases of V.D. I mean, he's all right now. You know. <laughs> now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
2: From comedy to wow, reality, Puerto Rico, The Storms, what can I say? It wiped the homeland out as far as electricity was concerned, as far as food and water. I mean, you've got a 3 million people living on that island, man. The things have got to give, and they got to give real quick. I mean, we've got serious problems there. And, of course, the Virgin Islands, that's another United States colony. So we've got all kinds of issues around the world, and we need to take care of the people here at home. That's right. There are home people. They are Americans, folks. I kid you not. Whether you want to donate to the American Red Cross or if you want to do that, do what you can, but I'm going to send money to individuals over there in Puerto Rico that I know that I think they can use it. I think that's the way to do things the best. You can send it to somebody you know. I think that gets things over a little bit. Um, no middleman, right? Straight to the straight straight to the source. So Like giving, like when I give money in the street uh, to homeless guys, when I pull up on, you know, when they're biking, when you drive up alongside of the corners, if you give them money, it's not going to a middleman. You know, if you give this guy two bucks, he's either going to go buy a beer or a soda or something like that or, or maybe some food. You yeah, know, maybe some food. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. Maybe some food. Anyway. Enough of the sadness, but I haven't heard from anybody on the island at all. I mean, Dory Companies, my 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 queen, of course, my rock of Gibraltar. I mean, she's as tough as as Lorraine Chargin tough. I mean, she's so friggin' tough it's like scary. Okay, and, and Diana in the office as well. She's not as tough, not as authoritative, but you know, still pretty still pretty resourceful. But what can they do with no electricity? We have we have a a convention. A cruise coming up October 23rd. We're supposed to leave Miami, Florida. Is Miami still there? Anyway, we're supposed to leave Miami, Florida on the 23rd of um, October and go to Cuba and go to the Bahamas. I think we're going to stop by Puerto Rico, too. I wasn't sure, but the bottom line is there's no Puerto Rico to stop by. They're talking about having the electricity back in like three or four months. I kid you not, three or four months. So, Puerto huh, Rico, underwater as I speak. That's what they That's what Puerto Rico was called originally before it became Puerto Rico. Ah, Let's go back to the sport of boxing. Of course, last night, ESPN Boxing, m I think it was from Las Vegas. Of course, WBO super middleweight champion, uh, defending his title. I'm talking about Zerto Ramirez. Gilberto, Zerto Ramirez, 36-0 now, 24 kills. A left-hander, a guy that's the biggest junior, biggest super middleweight you're probably going to find ever in the history of that division. He's just so big. He's one of those guys that sucks down and probably comes down from like a cruiserweight to, to make the 168-pound limit because he just looks so much bigger as far as the body, the body mass, the shoulders, the arms. I mean, the, the, he just looks looks like he's two weight classes bigger than his opponents. So anyway, last night, he won a 12-round unanimous nod over previous undefeated mandatory number one contender, Jesse Hardrock Hart. Hart came in at 22 and zip, obviously left 22 and 1, 18 KOs. Of course, Ramirez, a real, real, the real deal. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Scores are 115, 112, 115, 112 and 114, 113, so they were semi-close for the best fighter in the world as far as the 168-pound division that sits right now 2017. WBO featherweight title holder I'm talking about, that's 126 pounds. Oscar Valdez, still 23-0, 19 wax successfully defended his belt with a whack-out. Nice it. it was a unanimous nod over 12 rounds, previously unbeaten number four-ranked Genesis Servania, 29-1 now, 12 KOs. it was Friday night at the Tucson Convention Center, on ESPN Boxing. Right on ESPN. ESPN and Bob Aram getting together and putting these cards together. Right on, Bob. Right on, Bob. Anyway, scores were 116-110, 119-111, and 117-109. Some other fights coming up this week, of course. Friday, uh, I take that back. Tuesday night, Fox Sports 1, 10 p.m. in the East, 7 o'clock in the West. Mario Barros and Niamh Nelson. That's a super lightweight, about 140 pounds. Friday night, September 22nd. Looks like uh, that was last night. I'm looking at the schedule. The schedule needs to be moved up there. Change the schedule. But there is a good fight going on today. Huey Fury. You know who he is? Huey Fury? You don't? Know? Huey Fury is a pretty bad dude. He's the cousin of Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury being the co the former psychological basket case that, that gave up the heavyweight title without losing it. Yeah, he gave it up. Why you, I'm, I'm training. I'm too, I'm, I'm too fat. I'm, I'm, sn- <laughs> I'm snorting too much cocaine. I'm, I'm just too fat. I'm eating Twinkies and cocaine. I can't think. What do I want to do? I don't want to fight. I'm scared. I'm 6 foot 8. I'm 6 foot 8. If I was 6 foot 8, I'd be I'd I'd oh, I'd still be destroying people at my age. 6 foot 8, you got to be kidding. Reluctant to get in the reluctant to get in shape. You're the heavyweight champion of the world anyway. Tyson Fury's cousin, Hughie Fury. We've taken on Joseph Parker today. Of course, that was for the WBO heavyweight title. It's going to go down in Manchester, the UK. And I'm wondering if anybody out of Puerto Rico is able to get out on these flights or anything. There's no flights in fact. We're thinking I'm back to Puerto Rico so we we're trying to schedule a a uh, a charter. Trying to schedule a charter, put in a send a private plane over for some relatives and some close friends, and this and, that, and the planes can't get into the country. So you know, it's like, so I'm sitting here like mm, lost. That's just I'm just a little bit lost. Anyway, at 40 minutes past the hour, we'll take a break. At 43 minutes past the hour, we'll come back for us. We'll hear from the uh, wow, the man himself. I'm talking about Mr. Benson Henderson, the former USC lightweight champion of the world. Of course, going after uh, Pitt Pitbull in a rematch tonight at the SEP uh center, They call it the shark tank, call it what you want, but the bottom line is in San Jose, California. I will be octagon side, ring side, cage side, call it what you want. I will be there. Of course, the card starts on Spike TV at nine o'clock in the west, six o'clock out here in the California side. So uh MMA, Bellator MMA, live on Spike TV tonight, beginning at nine in the east. Straight up pretty good fight last week. I mean, I was relatively entertained, well entertained by the the uh the Canelo Alvarez Genati Golovkin fight I thought that Golovkin might have showed him you know, a little bit of age. I thought that Canelo, looked at, in fact, the, the ability to roar down the stretch, being the younger guy, tells me that he's going to win the second fight. That's that's the way I look at it. Age, baby. I like that age. The fact that Golovkin wasn't able to go in there and destroy him. I mean, I, I, every, Golovkin was destroying people. And I said, I was saying, you know, Can, Canelo's got a hell of a shot. He's a live underdog. In fact, I'd lean towards him. If I had to lean towards somebody... And they go, how can you bet against the undefeated guy? You always say that you can't beat against the undefeated guy until he gets beat. Well, you can't, you can't, you can't. And I didn't bet against him. All I was saying is that I thought Canelo was going to be able to pull off this fight because of the youth and his size and the fact that he is a, how can I put this? He is an iconic fighter that, although Golovkin's got his, 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 uh, his Soviet roots, his former Soviet roots, things like that. I understand that. He's he's an icon from over there Three hundred seventy five 75 amateur fights. But... When it comes to turning the pay-per-view crank or, or holding a fight, if Golovkin held a fight next door to Canelo Alvarez, they both held a fight at the same time, and they were both to fight the same guy, um, guess what? Canelo's arena would be packed, and Golovkin's arena would not be packed. That's just the way it is. I mean, even if Golovkin had won last Saturday night, he would still not be the man if they had a rematch. Sort of happens that way. I mean, Shane Mosley, Oscar De La Hoya, Shane beat Oscar, right? Guess what? Next fight out, Shane got less money. way it is. way it is. You can't, if you beat the man, that doesn't make you the man, per se. You're tuned to Rink Talk Live Worldwide. Next up, I bring in the former World Lightweight Champion to talk about the great Benson Henderson, folks. The How can I put the guru of MMA? He studies, he thinks. When he was sitting here in the studio with me this week, I was looking into his eyes. He's very well, how can I put this? He's well reserved on what he says, and what he says usually has substance to it. We'll talk about the great lightweight champion, the former lightweight champion of the UFC Benson Henderson next on Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
7: few days so if you have knee pain back pain, and you've tried everything, try oil can joint lubricant risk-free right now. I'm confident you'll have fewer aches and pains within days, or we will gladly refund your money. Call right now. 800-989-1795, 800-989-1795, 800-989-1795, 800-989-1795.
0: Just under 90 seconds, remains in the fourth round. We use that arm. Try to take away the base. Oh, we'll do a kick. That's old school Hicks and Gracie style. Oh, he's oh, got the choke. Pen looking to choke out Florian. BJ Pen looking to remain the champion. <laughs> it's all over. BJ Penn has defeated Kenny Florian. Now, more Brain Talk with Pedro Fernandez. If he gets through this drag, is as slippery as a nail and a barrel full of oil.
2: MMA greatness in the house, folks. The great Benson Henderson has descended upon these sports by live studios. We thank you for your presence, sir. How's life treating you? Uh it's good, man.
8: It's good. Same old, same old. Not much changes with me. Thanks for having me on. Definitely appreciate it. Man.
2: It's been a couple of years. How's, you know, I mean, what's changed in the last couple of years in your life? Uh, you know, having a baby. That's that's, that's a big deal.
8: My son's a uh, two you, years you, old. You look
2: great for having a baby.
8: Uh, not bad. I you know one or two days away from uh, from home, you get a little bit of extra sleep. It's not it's not too bad at all, uh having that.
2: You know, the nightmare I used to the nightmare I used to have was when I would travel is that you know, I'd call my daughter in different different time zones and this and that, and I'd screw it all up. I'd be in China and I'd of call course. her in this and that. But yeah, that that was really tough when I first going away. Yeah. And then, and then check this out, I was with Ali in China. Me and Ali are in China in ninety four, March uh August ninety four. And we're doing a charity tour through through, through China. So we went to a hospital. He said, We're doing all these political events. He goes, I'm tired of the politicians. He goes, Take me somewhere where we can see some kids. So, okay, so we went to a hospital. So I didn't know the hospital we were going to it had all these deformed kids in it with one arm oh, and like one eye and one yeah, face. Yeah, and yeah. It so it was it was run by the Catholic Church. So we get in there and like, you know, we, he Ali ends up hitting me up for four hundred bucks. And we he gave it back later, but yeah. we gave him like twelve hundred bucks and yeah. we fed these kids for like food for a year. So anyway, as we're as we're you know, we're leaving the uh the uh the arena, and we're leaving the the uh, hospital, and I'm in the in the back of the bus, a little teary eyed, you know, thinking about my kids. It's the yeah. first time I've been away from home, right? He came back and he sat down to me. He says, "Son, why you? What's the matter? No, oh, man, those kids were really tough. It was tough to watch." And he goes, "Man, come on, we fed them for a year plus. Remember this: you can't save every puppy in the pound." He I sucked.
8: guess I guess those are wise wise words, wise words, but. Having the empathy
2: for him is that's uh, not a bad thing. I don't think. No, I've got. I'm, I'm I'm Mr. Homeless guy. I like I like giving those homeless guys who're sitting there with the signs. I yeah. like giving them a buck. You give yeah. them a buck, you know it's going to a good cause. Yeah. Them. All right. Let's talk about the good cause. Uh, Saturday night, you invade, of course, San Jose Arena once once again. The H what are they call the HP Pavilion, HP Pavilion, SAP Center, all kinds of SAP Center, the Shark Tank, Shark Tank, all kinds of stuff. Anyway, you know what's happening down there. Talk to me about the guy who's on the other side of the cage for you.
8: Uh, this time it's gonna be uh Pitbull, the uh, the bigger Pitbull brother. There's two brothers, both named Patrici and Patricio, both nicknamed Pitbull. So, uh, I got I fought one uh not too long ago, about a year ago or so. Now I'm fighting the the bigger brother. He was mad that I beat his little brother, so now I'm fighting him. I should be a fun affair. He's in a he's a knockout artist. He has big hands, big power in his hands. Um, I'm gonna beat him up and make sure that he doesn't touch me with those hands of his.
2: Okay. I got to ask you about the politics a little bit here. Of course, the USC was just sold for $4.2 billion. With Considered a B, billion. No, no. That's $4,200 million. For those of you out there that are not mathematicians, and I'm not, somebody had to look that up for me. But $4,200 million, okay? And I think it was like they got burned, whoever bought it. Anyway, but the bottom line is if, they, if they're if worth all that money, how can only 3 or 4 or 5% of that go to fighters and pay? What kind of crap is that?
8: I, I would totally agree. I think the. Um the the general statistics are numbers. Uh, they're a, it's a closed company, so they're they're not public records. But people have guessed about how much money goes from how much profit goes from the uh, from the UFC during the course of the years of which the Fertitta and Dana White owned it. And at generous best, it was like seven percent. And then the low number was about three percent of the total money went back to the fighters. So you know, UFC made however much money from those twenty years that you know the Fertitas and the Dana White owned it. And to think that of all those years, and they paid a lot of money to buy it, they paid a lot, they put a lot of no, money no, into it. No, no, they didn't it. put no,
2: no, no, What they they lost thirty five million bucks with but they had deep pockets. Yep, they lost thirty five million to start and they with, made, and they made that back, and they made that back. But guess what? Three <laughs> percent to seven percent went back to the fighters.
8: I, I think that's that, even, that makes me a little bit upset.
2: Even if it was twenty percent. That's not enough. I yep. mean, look at the Floyd Mayweather stats nowadays. We know what's happening as far as promoters are concerned. He's, he's laid that out for us.
7: Yeah.
2: I mean, there's money out there, and these guys are taking the bulk of it. Of course, the UFC, let's not talk politics. What does Pitbull bring to the dance besides being the bigger brother?
8: Uh, he has power in his hands. He has power in his hands, and for most of his fights, he either gets knocked out or he does the knocking out. But my job is to make sure I hit him a whole lot and to make sure that he doesn't hit me. I'm going to dance around. I'm going to move around. I'm going to be elusive and, and not let him hit me.
2: How come knockout artists? And I found this out myself. But how come knockout artists are so susceptible to the knockout themselves? I, I think it's one of those things, man. Like you're either looking for the big, you know, like if you're looking for the
8: big run, it, it leaves the opening also for you to get hit big too. You know, like the the bigger you go, the more of an opening you leave. Uh, so like the the I think some of the best knockout artists are the guys who don't look for the home runs, who just you know do their game, do their game, and then, a clean shot lands and they knock it out, but they're not looking for the they're not looking for the the knockout. They're not looking for the home run shot. You know, some of the knockout artists they tend to get you know one dimensional. and They just look for that one big knockout. They just look for that one big knockout, and then that leaves a bigger opening, I think, for for them to get knocked out themselves.
2: John Jones is suspended again. Of course, John Jones, the former light heavyweight champion of the USC. but if he and if he and Brock Lesnar were to do like a battle on, a, on an Indian reservation or something like that, or in a foreign country in Dubai would that be a mega fight him and Brock Lesnar I think you could probably sell that the, the way sadly the the way our our sport is going
8: you're able to sell these you know garbage farce of a, a yeah. contest these farce of a fights and you're able to sell it off as, oh my goodness and this and that and talk it up big and do this and talk funny and blah blah so I think if you were to have John Jones versus uh Brock Lesnar out in freaking uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai or somewhere like that I think you could sell freaking a hundred million uh, dollar uh, pay per view by there for sure.
2: Yeah. Okay. We're talking with Benson Henderson, folks. He headlines Spike TV this Saturday night, of course, emanating from the uh, SAP Center, the Shark Center. Call it what you want. It used to be like the Strike Force place, man. It was Strikeforce was big. Back yeah, back in the day, yeah, back in the day. Back in the day. Ronda sure. Ronda Rousey, um, who was the chick before her? The one that Gina someone, Carano. Gina Carano, man, yeah. Gina you sold that place out a few times. As did. The, the Vietnamese guy whose name sticks to my mind right now, Kung Lee. Kung Kung Lee, man. Kung, Kung Lee, a, was, he's a he's a bad dude. Had, a bad, like, I'm was, a big fan of his. I'm yeah, a big like, fan of his. It was like seven thousand these these hats in the arena one night. I what the, I said, what is this? What, no, no, those those are Kung's fans. Said, oh, okay, but that was their the way of saying that we're with him. Yep, yep. Okay.
8: He's a, he's a bad dude. He's been a, been around the game for a long, long time. I uh, lot of respect for Kung Lee. I, I like him a lot. He's a good man.
2: Toughest part of fighting, making weight,
8: 100 uh, percent. for me. The hardest part of fighting is absolutely, hands down, uh, getting down the weight. What you, do you think of my mother's little trick there? The Kool-Aid ice cubes? Yeah. I think it could be good. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I think you're onto something. I, man, there
2: are, hey, man, I was t- already writing
8: down on my phone, let me, let me Kool-Aid you, ice cubes.
2: Gotta give it a try. Benson, like twelve thirty, one 1 o'clock in the morning, the night before the fight, you're sitting there going, oh, you're thinking about the fight. You're looking up at the ceiling. Everybody says you sleep the night before a fight. Mm, yeah, right. Anyway, you look up in the ceiling, this net, And you realize, I can have an ice cube. You know, and it tastes good, too. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, that's the stuff, man. Good old mom. May yeah. she rest in peace. I want to wish you the best of luck. I thank you for coming back and spending some time with me today. It's always a pleasure, man. You've already signed my wallet here. Once you? you want to sign it again? Yeah, I think I signed it twice now no, I, I'll like, sign yeah. it a third time. Third uh, time I the charm. That, no yeah. worries. Th- three times, cool. Anyway, yeah. I, I, you, having good, you having good times with Bellator, the people down there?
8: Yeah, Bellator's been awesome. They They've been great to me. I, I always tell a story about Bellator taking care of me. I had knee surgery. Uh, and they took care of that, flew me out here to San Jose, had the best surgeon. Surgeon, you know, works for the 49ers and the and the Sharks, and he does all the, you know, professional athletes. Took care of me, uh, top quality. It would happen to be uh, like two, three days before Christmas. And then uh, on Christmas Day, my wife, my son, they, they flew them out here also to be with me during, during this time. Right but, my, but my wife missed, you know, back home Christmas with her family and everything. Uh, to show their uh, – Some
2: sacrifices exactly, had to be made.
8: Exactly, exactly. So Scott Coker, Mike Cogan, um a lot of uh, – Kerry from, uh, from Bellator, a lot of the, the top v- VPs from uh, Bellator, they came and had Christmas, uh, Christmas lunch, Christmas dinner with me so, on, on Christmas Day. They spent time away from their families to spend time with uh, me and my family. So, so that's a, a great story that shows about Bellator and the way they take care of their guys.
2: Here's a message for guys in the UFC and their contract's about to expire right now. What do you say to them?
8: Uh, do what's best for your family. You got you gotta do what's best for your family, and a lot of guys
2: have seen that. You know, Bellator is uh is that route. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Benson Henderson live on Sports byline SB Nation Sports. No doubt about it, Benzo and Bendo in the studio, of course. This week he signed the Wall of Fame not once, not twice. They were gonna make him sign it three times, but no, nah, it's cool. I mean, he's my guy. I mean, God, I mean, he had those close fights with Gilbert Gilbert Melendez, and of course, you know. The the punk Josh, um, I can't remember Josh last Josh Thompson. I mean, it was just close fights. His whole entire title ring was all about close fights, no doubt about that. Now he's with Bellator. Of course, he lost a split decision for the lightweight title back in November, I believe, to Michael Chandler. If my mind's yeah, split decision back to Michael Chandler back in November. So he hasn't fought in a while. And of course, <clears throat> coming off the the surgery and the different issues. I mean, he'll be back, but at one fifty five. You know, he tried to talk about him fighting at 145. Man, that's an extra 10 pounds. He talked about kill himself and make it 155. he like, die at 145, I think, in my mind. So he's going to be at 155 unless he has to move up to welterweight. And that's where the big jump is. From 55 to 70 is an incredible jump in weight. In fact, from, from 70 to 85 is an incredible jump in weight. In fact, all these weight divisions that the MMA has in place and I'll go, like, 125, 135, 145. 155, 170, 185, 205, light heavyweight. And of course, from 205 plus to 265, at least in the USC, is the heavyweight limit. Now, 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 now. We need more divisions. You got more fighters going on. I mean, you got guys that are dying to make one weight, can't make one weight, uh, would like to make another weight. I think there should be junior divisions put in there, just like boxing. That's right. Boxing doesn't have these weight classes every three or four pounds, and the lighter weights for nothing. The reason why there's the reason why Chocolito Gonzalez, you boxing fans, were so high on him, the undefeated lad, of course from Nicaragua. Uh, he was a, a highlighter of HBO. HBO was like going goo gaga over him until until that Thailander just ruined him. I mean, that Thai guy, if they were they were gay lovers, he would have been arrested for domestic violence. That's how bad he beat up on him. I mean, he just did. He beat Chocolito from the start to the end. The first fight, they tried to say, oh, you know, it was a bit. It was a big controversial. It wasn't controversial. He beat him up in the first fight. He beat him up in the second fight. He beat him up bad. This career, this this Thai fighter is for real. There's just no doubt about. it. He's left-handed. He he fights ugly, but guess what? He wins, and he keeps winning. More power to him. He smoked Chocolito Gonzalez, and you see the look in in uh, in Max Kellerman's eyes or Max Kellerboy's eyes. I mean, holy cow! It was like he had a, he like he was the manager or something like that. You shouldn't have the manager in, in, in interviewing people on TV because I think it was the guy. That compelled HBO to sign Chocolate to that big fat contract. Why they sign a 112, 115 pound fighter to a contract, I just don't know because the difference between a guy from 112 to 115 is noticeable. The difference from, from 108 to 112 is even, is even more noticeable. I kid you not. When you stand next to these guys, they're weighing in 108 pounds, and the guys are weighing in 112 pounds, they're different guys. That's how you realize the difference in size. You go to a weigh in and you see guys weighing 108 pounds. And then right after that, he's got a guy weighing 112 pounds, and you say, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! They're, that that looks like more than four pounds. It's it's a noticeable difference. You can it's to the to the naked eye. You know, there's a there's a difference. One guy is bigger than the other. Okay, that's why they have all those little weight classes. That's why I can't understand why the fact that guys that fight 105 pounds are wearing eight ounce gloves, guys that fight at 260 pounds are wearing 10 ounce gloves. I never understood that in boxing. Never could, never would try to push out on different people that are boxing aficionados. Some uh, people have some influence in the boxing world, and they can't answer that question either. We've got one short segment to go. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide on, of course, SB Nation Sports and Sports Byline Radio. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, the longest-running fight show in history. And I can say that because you know what? You ain't bragging when you're telling the truth. Straight up, 34, almost 35 years now radio presence. Open phone lines, one short segment to go, one 800 878 play that's 1-800-878-7529 you are tuned to ring talk live worldwide from the city by the bay san francisco california brought to you by the world boxing organization
4: Now, more of Ring Talk
2: with Pedro Fernandez. 57 minutes past the hour. Real quick, the guy that shot Frank Warren, who was never charged with but the guy that shot him was the retired, former number one junior welterweight contender in the world, Terry Marsh of the U.K. I kid you not. Terry shot him. There's no doubt in my mind. I don't think there's any doubt in Frank Warren's mind either. Uh, Bellator, 183. Now, of course, the main event, uh, Patrice Pitbull, free air, of course, Pretty good fighter, no doubt about that. 17 and 8, taking on the former lightweight champion of the UFC, Benson Henderson, 24 and 7. The co feature featuring Big Country. I'm talking about Big Gut. No, I'm just kidding. He's a good guy. How about Roy, Big Country Nelson, of course? Big Country's been around a long time. He's one of those guys that brings it each and every time out. So he'll be in the co feature, of course. It is a heavyweight main event, a heavyweight co main event against Java Ayala. Ayala comes at 10 and 5. Big Country comes in at 22 and 14. Big Country's always one of those guys who was put in, how can but this? to make the other guy win. I'm trying to say for the most part is if you couldn't beat Big Country, you couldn't make it to the title. You couldn't get past couldn't get past Big Country. You didn't make it into the top five or the top ten of the USC, the heavyweight weight class. Of course, now he's back with the uh, Bellator folks fighting at 249 pounds. Best of luck to him. Ayala coming in a little bit under 265 pounds, the heavyweight limit. The UFC had a card. What was that card over there? And I think it was in Japan this time. Yeah, I think it was. It was Japan. Of course, they went to Japan in the main event. In the main event, Saitama, Japan, uh, Ovin St. Prue, former light heavyweight challenger for the title, of course, defeated Yushin Okami, a technical submission. It was a Von flu choke, being at 205 pounds. The women's strawweight bout, of course, that was the it's the final as well. Jessica Andrade beat Claudia Gaidella. Claudia comes to us from uh brazil andrade comes to us from the us of a of course andrade a unanimous winner across the board one judge had it 30 to 25 one judge had it 30 26 we're talking we're talking mm, domination maybe in 30 27 three rounds of zip um okay i say dong Kim was a winner over takori goma of course that's part of the car the usc is a history as far as this part of the sayatama super arena is concerned in sayatama japan but that was on fight pass earlier today of course it would have been on Fox Sports TV, but the hours, the time delays, is just too much for the USC to put it on prime time television. People in Japan don't want to see fights at 4 o'clock in the morning like people in England do. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Ring Talk Radio Network. We come to you live, baby. That's right. Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, Ring Talk Live Worldwide, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, Ring Talk Live Worldwide, right here on Sports By Line and SB Nation Sports.